thank you, Mike. I, I told Mike I was going to say that, but I didn't. I didn't. <clears throat> well, hello, Dave. We'll let everybody kind of get in, and we'll... Isaiah chapter 6. And if you're in the little Bible, it's... Uh, it's... Page 490. Verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lawfully and exalted with the train of His robe filling the temple. King Uzziah, he reigned for 52 years. He started out as a 16-year-old king. And outside of the 80 years of Solomon and, and David, this was the brightest spot in all of Israel's history. But Uzziah, he had his promises, his problems too. Turn to page 334 in your little Bible. It's Second Chronicles 26. Second Chronicles 26. <clears throat> Uzziah, verse 26, I mean chapter 26, verse 1 of 2 Chronicles, page 334 in the little Bible. And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the place of his father, Amazah. And he built and restored to Judah after the king slept with his father. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem, verse 4. And he did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father, Amaziah, had done. Skip to verse 14, chapter 26. Moreover, Uzziah prepared for all the army. Shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, sling stones. In Jerusalem he made engines of war invented by skillful men to build towers and on the corner for the purposes of shooting arrows and great stones. <coughs> Hence his fame spread afar, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. Verse 16. But... When he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. For he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Asahaz, the prince, the priest, entered after him with 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. And they opposed Uzziah the king and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and will have no 
honor from the Lord God. Verse 19. But Uzziah with a censer in his hand for burning incense was enraged. And he was enraged with the priest. Leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord besides the altar of incense. The chief priest and all the priests looked at him and behold he was leprous in his forehead. And they heard him out of there for he had also hastened to get out because the Lord had smitten him. Smitten him. King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death and he lived in a separate house being a leper for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. We come back to this word obedience. Obey. There's some things God said don't do. And he did them. Back to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. King Uzziah's death in the year of King Uzziah's death. And Isaiah's probably just dating what he said here. But he started off and he said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted with the rain of His robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above Him, each having six wings. With two He's covered His face. With two He's covered His feet. And with two He's blue. Now, the word seraphim, this is the only time in Scripture that we find it. It's the only time we find the word seraphim. Now we've picked it up in some hymns that we sing. But for our scripture, this is the only time we have it. Now in, in chapter 4 of Revelation, John talked about living creatures having six wings. Seraphim. Cherubim and seraphim. Some of the Big angel choirs. We don't know how many there were here that Isaiah saw. We don't really know where he was, but scholars say they think he was in the temple in Jerusalem. He was in the temple in the Lord. And he was there to worship. And when he was in an attitude of worship, he saw the Lord lifted up. What he saw, according to Scripture, was just the train, just the train of his robe. And the train of his robe filled the place. Look at that, look at that perverse again. Lofty and exhausted with the train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim's stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
say it before. If you want to describe the nature of God in one word, it's holy. It's holy. And two times in Scripture, in Leviticus and in 1 Peter, he says, you be holy because I am holy. You be holy because I am holy. If you ever want to know if any action or any thought you have is of the Lord, it's a simple test. Is it holy? If there's any hint that it's not holy, it's not a Lord. Pure and simple. Holy. Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. We, we have sometimes, we talk about God as being our friend, and he is. What a friend we have in Jesus. Absolutely. We have even gone to the extent sometimes when we talk about the big man upstairs. If we ever get to the point that we realize God's holiness, who He is, His nature, what He does, we're almost ready for revival when we get there. Because God's holiness is what sets him apart from everything. God is omnipotent. He's everywhere. He's all-powerful. And he's all-knowing. Isaiah marked his chapter 6 by saying, In the death of Uzziah. We'll all go that way. David said, you know, he said, when he called Solomon in, he says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. In 50 years, I think I'm fair, 50 years, none of us in this room will be here. None of us will be here. But you know who will be here? The God of glory. The holy God. He knows what's going on. He knew what was going on in Isaiah's day. He knows what's going on today. And it's not a surprise to him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. We're in such a hurry in everything we do. You know, we we look at the clock and we 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 uh, and we don't ever really stop and wait on the Lord and let him speak to where we are to speak to where we are for the next four minutes for the next four minutes I'm going to play a song I just want you to close your eyes and bow your head and get 
everything that you possibly can out of your out of your thoughts and listen to the words of this simple old hymn. Well, I got to start the thing.
All thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hold your finger there and turn to page 519 in your little Bible. It's Isaiah 46. God is not being braggadocious in this particular thing, but he's stating the truth that sometimes we we just we just forget or ignore. Page 519, Isaiah 46, beginning with verse 8. Isaiah 46, verse 8. Remember this and be assured and recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things long past. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Declaring the ends from the beginning, from the ancient times, things which have not been done, saying my purpose will be established, and I will establish all my good pleasure. Calling the bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose from a fourth country, truly, I have spoken. Truly, I will bring it to pass. I have planned it, and surely I will do it. We, we don't realize sometimes the awesomeness and the power of a holy, mighty God. He's in control of everything. And we, if we ever get it through our thick heads that if we love Him and obey Him, He's going to be for us. Loving, obeying, and He'll be for us. If we're not, it'll be like the kings that, that He's taken into captivity and the kings that He's done these things with. And you can do good and you can mess up. Look what Uzziah did. He was a good king. He got proud. What does Proverbs tell us? What goes before fall? Pride. He gets really proud. Back to Isaiah 4, verse 6. Back to Isaiah 6. So, Uzziah was in the temple. He was waiting on the Lord. And he saw the Lord sitting on the throne lofty and exalted. The train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphims were there. And they flew about, calling out to one another. Verse 3, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of the host. 
and the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out. While the temple was filling with smoke, as a seraphim's called out, holy, 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 the foundations of the temple, according to scripture, trembled, and the temple filled with smoke. Then Isaiah said, then I said, verse 5, Woe is me, for I am ruined. I said it a while ago, but it's worth repeating. When we get to the place that we see an almighty, holy God, and we see how insignificant we are, we're approaching the place where we can have a revival in our own soul. But we've got to come to the place that we see a holy God and we see how insignificant we are. And Isaiah was there. He said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He saw the absolute power of the King, and he saw the Lord of hosts. He saw the Lord of hosts. Changing a little bit here, verse 6. Then one of the seraphims flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sins are forgiven. In verse 5, um, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am your ruin. He knew his own condition. The latter part of that verse, he said, For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then the seraphim flew, took the coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs, touched his mouth with it, and said, Behold, your iniquity is taken away and your sins are forgiven. Turning your little Bible to page 87, it's Leviticus 16. 87, Leviticus 16. This is when the Lord is telling Moses to institute the Day of Atonement where our sins are forgiven. And it's a, a type of Jesus hanging on the cross for our sins. Verse 11 of chapter 16 of Leviticus. Then Aaron shall offer the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself. 
for his household, and he shall slaughter the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself. He shall take a fire pan, fire band, pan full of coals of the fire upon the altar before the Lord, and two handfuls of fine ground sweet incense, and bring it inside the veil. He shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, and the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat, that which the ark of the testimony, otherwise he shall surely die. This is just part of the Day of Atonement, what Moses was telling uh, the people that the Lord had instructed him. But he's, verse 12, he shall take a fire pan, fire pan full of coals from the fire. So this is symbolic, or maybe better than symbolic. It's what was required for Isaiah, back to Isaiah 6. But it was required for Isaiah to be able to speak. And he says, by touching his lips... Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. One of the commentaries that I read from this week said, you know that was painful for a burning coal to touch your lips. And the commentary writer said that, that confession of sin and forgiveness of sin is always painful. But the end result was that he was forgiven. He was forgiven. Verse 8. Then the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? Capital U.S. Us. This is the second or third time in the Old Testament that, that we have us. We just sang holy, holy, holy. And the last lines of that was blessed Trinity. Blessed Trinity. We've said that God in, in, in past times, it was God the Father. There was a time that Jesus came and today, we're in the day where the Holy Spirit lives in every believer. And he's saying here, he said, uh, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? And then Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. Isaiah didn't know what the task was, he hadn't got the job description. He didn't know what was involved. But after he got right with the Lord, the Lord forgave him his sin. There was a need, and he says, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am. Send me. And then he told him in verse 9 and 10, he said, Go, tell this people. Keep on listening. But you don't perceive. Keep on looking. But you don't understand. 
render the hearts of the people insensitive. Their ears dull, their eyes dim. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, return and be healed. This was about 3,000 years ago when Isaiah wrote this. Is it different today? Is it different today? Are we listening, but we don't perceive? Are we looking, but we don't understand? Are our ears dull and our eyes dim? We hear with our ears and understand with our hearts. He said, if they do, they'll be healed. Verse 11. And I said, Lord, how long? How long is this a sign for the Lord? How long is it going to be? And he says, until the cities are devastated and without inhabitant houses or without people. The land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it, and it will again be a subject to burning, like a timbereth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is in the stump. We've often said that Isaiah is a book of prophecy. Some of it yet to be fulfilled, some of it been fulfilled, and this particular part was fulfilled. That we talked about that when we did the survey at the beginning. They ultimately went in the captivity. They went into captivity. Just the poor people were left there. Just the remnant was left. Art has been challenging you with two things. You know. What does this say about God? And what does it say about man? What does it say about God? Let me hear from you. Absolutely in control. Absolutely. Anything else? Holy. 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 It's really grabbed me this week looking at this scripture. How holy God is. And how insignificant I am. We've cleaned up some of our songs and there's a line of a song that we used to sing for such a worm as I we don't sing that anymore but it's very apropos for such a worm as I what else what does it say about God he does exactly what he says he's going to do he's forgiving he's and time, time, 
doesn't amount to anything to God. It might take years, hundreds of years, but if God said it, it's going to ultimately happen. When we talked about the introduction, you know, Joshua says anybody that builds the walls of, Jer of Jericho, the firstborn is going to be killed. 500 years later, they built the walls, and what happened? The man's firstborn. Something else. Anything else. What does it say about us? What does it say about man? We're pretty dumb. We really have any money. Yes, ma'am. We, 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 we think we've got it. You know? We, we think we're okay. And yet... We're done to use the best. Yeah. Something else. What about what does it say about man? You need to repent. Absolutely. Oh man. You repent. We keep making the same old mistakes because we listen to man instead of God. When I say listen to God, we don't listen to the Holy Spirit that he gives us. It's called being said that we justify so we History, we just keep doing the same. That's exactly right, Mike. God's been here. He's going to be here when we're gone. And His Word is true. <laughs> and, and we keep coming back to what we read in Isaiah 46. And He said, uh, it, it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, it's not amazing to me, but it's why, why, why do we no wonder that's an old scripture. For I am God. There is none other. I am God and there is no one like me. I planned it. Surely I will do it. And sure, I will do it. I hope you have a great week. I hope, Lord, somewhere along the line will sit you still and says, just listen to me a little bit. Listen to me a little bit. I would encourage you to, to get in the book. I don't care if you use this Bible reading plan. Or if you just start reading. But get in the Word and be still enough to let it speak to you. Pray for it now. Pray for each other. And, uh, and I pray the Lord gives us a great, great year. Father, we thank you for everything. We thank you for this time. We thank you for these sweet people. We thank you for their love for you, their love for the church, and their love for one another. And as we leave this place this morning, let us go with the thought that God is a holy God and everything he does is perfect. And we live in a beautiful, gracious, 
glorious world. And if we don't say anything about it, Scripture says the rocks and the hills will declare His glory. Be with us as we go to the further services. Bless everything that's said and done. And we'll be careful and give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it all. And we, when we leave here today, we can simply say, it's been good to be in God's house. In Jesus' name we ask you.